0: A lot of people don't know this about me, and is that in first grade, I actually flunked. So I used that as an example to these young men. I said, if I can flunk first grade, and now I'm at the highest level you can get in
1: education, if I can do it, brother, you can do it. Hello. Welcome to the 205 Vibe podcast, where we discuss topics related to Rockford Public Schools, and the larger Rockford region. I'm your host, Earl Dotson, Jr. And I'm really excited today uh, to have uh, our our first guest on our show. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to this individual is because we hear a lot in education about people who volunteer, uh, who's responsible for quality education who's passionate about education issues and oftentimes um, people at the board level people sometimes say it's a thankless job right because you don't get paid you have lots of responsibility you put a lot of time in and so i'm really happy uh to have uh the guests we have here today we want to welcome to the show mr anthony dixon who represents sub district a how you doing sir (laughs)
0: Doing great. Thank you for having me. I um, feel like it's an honor and privilege to be on here. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a great show.
1: I appreciate that. You know, so you, you, you're you new to the board, right? How long have you been on the board now?
0: A year, going into my second year. Um, first year really was sitting down, asking questions, really learning, observing, uh, and
1: getting everything together. Getting everything together. So... First, 1st let's just talk a little bit about, you know, a lot of people don't, for, for people who don't know who you are, right, people don't who don't know you, tell us a little bit about just your background and, and just who you are. Simple. I'm a father, son,
0: husband, um, but most of all, I'm really strong in my faith. And so a little bit of background about me is um, I've worked for the Illinois Tollway for 10 years. I'm part of the Rockford Ministers Fellowship.
1: I've been associate pastor for the last five years. So thank you, thank you for letting us tell us a little bit about you know just yourself a little bit of background. I guess the other thing I just I'm I'm curious I want to ask you about so just just to just to talk a little bit about how you ended up here. Um, there there was um, you know for sub district A there was during that time oh you said about a year ago. Uh, there were not any candidates who had filed any petitions. Um, there was a kind of a call to action from, I believe, it's the Register Star editorial board to uh, kind of get people to you know sign up and, and to be a part and to be candidates for that district. Uh, and then a write-in campaign ensued. Uh, you and another individual kind of came out uh, kind of neck and neck, and uh, then. There was a, the the county clerk had a process to decide who was ultimately the winner of the seat. Just, just tell us, just talk a little bit about kind of what that was like and what was your, what was your mindset during that time, you know, going, kind of going through that?
0: When they first told, talked about, um, running for sub-district A, my first reaction was, no, I'm going to let somebody else do it, um. But I was in another meeting, and then it came to me again. The second individual said they didn't even know each other. Said you should run. I that same day I went home and talked to my wife. I said I really believe I have something to offer to the school district, and that I should run. I said we have to um, look at our situation. What we all have. What we got going on. Um, would you know? Ask. With her support, would you be able to support me on this? And she was full 100% saying, I got your support, whatever you need, and whatever uh, you can do, our family, our kids. And I talked to my kids about it, too. I said, because it's going to involve your lives, too, because that means I'm going to be away from you. I take my time away from you to help um, um the, the community, and I've already done that. I've, I was already on different boards. I was already committed to the community. I already did job fairs for um, um, Sub-District A in that same district I was doing job fairs because I wanted our people to have jobs. When I say our people, I'm talking about my, my, minorities, but the whole whole and all Rockford, but, but, uh, but, but emphasis on minority. And so I did job fairs for them with um, organizations um, <clears throat> I would do um, we did mentorship from youth that were in that sub-district A and we did mentorships for them from from the ages of 17 to 24 young men trying to develop them train them to be young men and to get jobs and to do finished education to just be men and they had diff life um, um, circumstance that we tried to help so once I did that, and um, I talked to my family and wife. Uh, the next process was, how do I go about doing it? So I went through the process to put my name on there. And then I met some credible people while I was in that journey uh, to get where I am now. Um, <clears throat> I, met in, I met mothers that, um, that, that put their energy going door-to-doors with me and believed in my vision believed believe what I had to offer because they seen what I did with their sons. And so they said, that's what we need. A lot of people don't know this about me and is that in first grade, I actually flunked. So I used that as an example to the young men. I said, if I can flunk first grade and now I'm at the highest level you can get in education. If I can do it, brother, you can do it
1: that is what a powerful story i'm sure you know every i, I like to say everyone has a story and um, that's a powerful story and uh, and i'm sure that resonates with the young men you were trying to help what, one of the other things about Sub-District a it is a you know it's it's it, there's a lot of history with that seat um, you're following in, in the footsteps of a, a lot of different people who've sat there a lot of a lot of great school board members who have occupied that seat and in, in my mind, um, I guess there's a perception, right, that um, if you represent that particular subdistrict because it is a, a heavily minority, uh, you know, populated district, you being uh, an African American male, um, there's this, you know, there's this stigma attached that you being the Afri- the only African American on the board, and representing representing subdistrict A, talk a little bit about sometimes fa- fairly or unfairly, uh, when you sit in that seat, you kind of become the de facto spokesperson and representative of you know, all things African-American and all things that relate to the black community uh, and as it relates to education and that you become the spokesperson. You know, tell me, talk a little bit about that, that responsibility um and you know is that is that accurate uh that that the way i've described that you brought up some good points
0: because they do expect you as the only african-american on the board to stick up for african-americans which is which is um it's fair and unfair at the same time but that's that's the title of the job so you know you take that knowing that you have to um represent african-americans but as you represent them, you have to represent the whole as the district because you represent every, um, every, every decision you make. is not only for African-Americans, but it's for the whole district. And so, yes, I emphasis on African-American, but my decision is as a whole. And I believe as the whole does better, of course, every um, ethnic group would do better. Um, what I... Because I do, I do represent Sub-District A, there are some, I represent them, so their voices I try to make is heard on the school board. Um, sometimes um, there may be disagreements among the board, but at the end of the day, once we vote, you know, um, it's that's what we did, we voted,
1: and we speak with one voice. Um, interesting, and that's uh, that's a, that's a great perspective. Um, you know, in the past and having having observed you and watched you, um, how do you how do you answer those folks in in, in the community, particularly in the African African American community, who don't see you as being someone who's necessarily bombastic or someone who's uh, who's a very vocal, or who's uh, considered to be, uh, um, you know, you you have much more reserved approach as opposed to someone who's, um, you know, being much more assertive in terms of how you um, present yourself with things that may be viewed as uh, an injustice, so to speak. Um, How do you answer those folks who don't think that you – uh, and, and the way we talk about it, who don't feel you go hard enough for the African-American community. Do you, do you think that you get that type of feedback from people? Uh, uh, I mean, how do you how do you address
0: that? Only from the people that don't know me. They know I go hard, but I'm not going to be the one that jumps up, st- just standing up and just rah, rah, rah with my fist. No, I believe that you speak with individuals and you have with have a conversation with them and of course you I, of course injustice um, I don't stand for injustice on no people but especially um, African Americans uh, they we already had so many div- difficult situations in this country alone especially in education so I, of course I go hard for them but my mannerism is different from uh, uh, district uh, school board members that have preceded me. So my mannerism is to get the job done, but um, get it done in a way that will um, benefit the, benefit all. Um, I think one of my greatest skills is I know how to get stuff done without
1: you ever even knowing that I did it, Mm -hmm. but I was the one behind it. Yes, sir. So interesting. Um, you know, so you so we've we've both uh, we both lived in Rockford in the community. We both have been around. Uh, we're products of the system, yes. um, and so we've seen we've seen this um, this debate go on for you know quite some time now regarding student achievement, uh, the achievement gap. Uh, low uh, low student uh, attainment particularly in uh, african-american students um, and so I'm, I'm curious as to um, what do you think is you know as you talk to your constituents um, what, what do you feel what, what are you hearing from them in terms of what are the issues that they care the most about what do, what do you think those are and what do you hear from people when you're out there talking to folks?
0: Some of the greatest concerns were discipline act. Um, they feel was unproportioned, even uh, unproportioned to African Americans. Um, some of it was education, the gap, like you brought out. Um, but my question was, I agree with them. And so what we tried to do is had conversations with the board and different individuals. What can we do to better uh, to move that needle to African-Americans to be better. I, I think it's not only African-Americans, but I think it's the whole as, because if you look at Rockford, it's with 51% poverty level. So everybody, it ain't just black folks that are struggling. It's our Caucasian brothers, our Caucas- our uh, Hispanic brothers, our every ethnic groups has, they're struggling. And so, as a whole, we're struggling. So we need to, we need to, I, I, I really believe we need to focus on how can we better uh, educate our students so they can go into workforce. And I think, believe we do have a plan, um, if you believe it or not. Um, the plan that we have, it's, 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 gone, it's a little slow, but I believe we, we're taking the right step. And though we have a plan, there are some issues that, as a board member, that I I see uh, that I take fault, or, or, or I think we need to improve, and I need to speak up on, and I have I've been very vocal about it. But at the same time, I have to understand that some of this is going to take time. And it did we didn't just get in this mess overnight, so don't expect to get over this in one night and one
1: even one term. Thank you. So. The, the folks that are going to they're, they're, the people that are going to listen to this podcast right uh, this this audience that we are developing here. Um, if you if you had something that you really want them to know about the things what what do, you, what do you the thing that you really care about in education? when you show up to committee meetings, when you show up to school board meetings, what's Anthony Dixon's uh, kind of focus right what are, what are the issues? that you care about the most as it relates to education and the Rockford public school system? The
0: things that I care about the most, is, of course, are education. Um, one of the things that I believe is getting more minorities into um, positions for far as teaching. I brought this up. I said, one way, if we're serious about getting more diverse in our teaching, I said, let's hire a... Um, a group that specializes in hiring minorities for teachers, and so that's one thing that agenda that I am pushing. I've been pushing very hard is to get more minorities. The one article that I read, it's not the gospel, so I don't you take it or don't take it. It just says that if we have a minority teacher within the first couple of grades, that it helps minority to achieve or to to to. To successfully, or to motivates them to want to finish um high school, so like I said, you can take it with a salt of grain, but I, be, I believe that we have to do better. So that's one area that I've been pushing. Um, is really getting teachers and getting minorities in positions that will, um, that might, that blacks, Hispanics, will see a resemblance of themselves when they look up. We we have uh, some administrators. African Americans and minor minorities that that we hired this year that I'm excited
1: about. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cause you know Let's just just talk about that just for just for a little bit because what we we hear that a lot. We we hear that uh, that we need more minority teachers. Um, that there is a, that the we we heard people talk about that there is a correlation between a, a student in a classroom. Uh, and looking up and seeing that their teacher is a minority or that someone that looks like them and that that has a, um, a, 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 a better impact on their growth and in their education. So we so some statistics that we know exist, for example, we, uh, we we've heard the superintendent, for example, say uh, back in 2013, you had a little over 51000 uh, teachers, certified teachers who applied to be teachers in the state of Illinois. Uh, last year, that number dropped all the way down to about 13,000, right? So we lost about, that's about a 75% decline in the number of teachers here in the state. So when, you, when you're dealing with numbers like that, um, and we know that, um, you know, if, if you're a, a minority or an African-American teacher, um, that, that you're going to have lots of options, right? People are going to be, you're going to be, com- it's competitive um, to, to, to recruit minority teachers, and so um, what do you think is the kind of the competitive advantage? I mean, we, we hear people talk about that a lot and it's much easier said than done. And and so what what is it that this the district or this the administration or that the superintendent or the people in the community just don't understand about the the difficulty in that and the challenge in, in making that happen? I mean, we know that 80 percent of the folks that that, that come out of, uh, you know, are are uh, to be certified teachers are, are Caucasian females, right? We know that's just the number. And so what, are, what do you think is some more creative ways we can combat that? I think some of the things that we're doing already,
0: really, if you think about that, we're, 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 we're as a district, we're going to pay for individuals to go to school um, up to their master's. That's the long-term goal. Um, and I think that's actually – Wonderful, um, I think so. What we what we had to do, I think, um, is go and recruit some from the um, uh, black colleges. I think that was one aspect. But how do we recruit them? What what is it? What would bring somebody to come here in Alabama, where it's warmer? Um, I, that's. A difficult question, you're right. And so, and I've had these conversations with um, uh, Jared, and he has said the same thing, and he's all for it. I Actually, he's really for it. Um, um, So we just have to get the board to um, go around and approve it and and have really deep, deep discussions. Um, What I think some of the great, some things we could do is... Um, the incentives to go to school, <clears throat> then incentives to uh, what are the programs we have to offer um, that will bring them here. We have some incentives if they come live in Rockford that we will put uh, payment, or we have some, uh, we will put a down payment on their house, or money incentives. Uh, because we can't really pay you more, but there's other ways that we can, uh, ascent, uh, we can we can motivate you
1: to come. Um, so you, so you do. I just, and one last thing on that. So you, right. so you do agree, though. You, you do agree because, again, we we hear we hear this a lot. But but you do agree with um, those individuals and the sentiment that um, having more African American teachers could potentially improve the academic performance of um, you know African American students.
0: Yes, I re- I really do believe that. Um, I believe that, um, even though we are doing a wonderful job far as, um, um, diversity class or diversity teaching, I think another element that we bring is saying having African American teachers or minority teacher is they understand their culture and we do have training. So that's to the district 205, we do do training, but sometimes, um, you can't receive it all in three days, a lifetime of, of lifestyle. And so I think um, some minorities uh, will gravitate, or uh, some students will gravitate to more minority teachers because they can talk to them uh, about certain situations, and um, they see themselves. So they'll go to them, because you, oh, you look like my mom, or you remind me of my mom so I can go and have a conversation with you that I might not feel comfortable with, um, another um, person that's not my same color, so I, yes, I do from that perspective just to have a conversation, get stuff off my chest, to to talk about, and I think it's important because I if you ever I even gravitate to when I go to a, a business meeting, I gravitate to the minorities first, then I gravitate to everybody else, and I I don't try to do that on purpose. It's just something that we do, and then. Um, we gravitate to everybody. I love people, but it's something about when you see another brother another sister in the room with you. So you have a quick conversation, then you go gravitate to everybody else.
1: Thank you for joining us on the 205 Vibe Podcast. That concludes Part 1 of our interview with Anthony Dixon. Make sure you listen to Part 2. You won't want to miss it. If you'd like to comment on the show, please call us at 815-490-4117. Leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.